Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. And welcome back to Real Real Estate Coaching Radio. We are your host, Tim and Julie Harris. We are going to pick up where we left off yesterday, a very popular topic, an in-demand topic, a topic that we're, um, of course, doing our best to be absolutely brutally honest about. It's essentially the qualities of a leader. Any leader, any industry, anything, they all have these similar qualities. But what we're focusing on is how to apply the qualities to being a broker, an office manager, or a team leader. Welcome to today's podcast, Julie. Thank you. It's an important topic, and we get so many questions about this. I wanted to make sure that we cover it as in-depth as possible. And, you know, yesterday you were talking about three different ways of the supplies. It's looking at your own situation with your broker, if you're an agent under a broker. It's looking at it if you are yourself a broker, how you handle your agents, if you're an office manager. And then the third category is if you're your own broker. So pretty much everybody's covered, I think. That's right. And, and really, these, these leadership qualities also apply, again, to virtually any aspect of your life. If you're you know, on your HOA or you know, you're running your Girl Scout, you know, your daughter's Girl Scout troop or whatever. I mean, leadership is leadership, and the qualities of leadership are actually – everyone likes to talk about them, but very few people like to implement them. And really, at the end of the day, the reason that very few people really do want to be leaders is because they don't want to actually do the work. It's the same recurring theme of laziness. They don't want to do what they don't want to do, and they don't want to do it at the highest level. So when you're an office manager or a broker or a team leader, and you hear Julie and I talk about that, and you're thinking, well, I've got to ride my agent's asses to make sure they do what they don't want to do and they don't want to do and they don't want to do it. Well, guess what? It starts with you. And if you're not, as a leader, doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level, no one's going to respect you. They're not going to follow you. You have to set the example. And as Julie said yesterday so eloquently, you have to lead from the front. And if you're not leading from the front, uh, another point from yesterday is game smells game. In other words, anyone who's, who has even a remotest resemblance of skill, ambition, and potentiality is not going to want to be around you because they know you are complacent. So these are all the things that really nobody likes to talk about because everybody likes to make uh, being successful in life and business some sort of mystical, spiritual, mindsetty, you know, kumbaya type. You know, talk about our group culture and all this other crap. That's what people have become uh, have come to expect. Uh, as being normal, and I would suggest to you that because there's so many people that are focused on the wrong things with regards to running a business, it's the reason that so many people are not making profit in our industry, specifically the average team before taxes makes 10% before taxes. Uh, the average broker makes around 3 to 5%. So that wasn't the way it was, and brokers, you know this is true. If you go back 20 or 25 years, well, I shouldn't say that. If you weren't in the business 20 or 25 years ago, you don't know this is true. But real estate brokerages used to run on profit margins of 30 to 50%. That was called normal. And now what's happened basically is because we've obfuscated, we've stopped away, we stepped away from being leaders in our own businesses, we've allowed 
mediocrity, laziness, complacency to creep in. And now where are we? We are running our selves out of business. We're choosing to basically, uh, we're choosing laziness over actually doing what we don't want to do and we don't want to do at the highest level. And what's happening is literally the businesses, the brokerages in most parts of the country have become really obscenely unprofitable. You know, I mean, that's truly what it is. To run a brokerage, to run any business where you have to take the risk, the liability, spend so much time of your life's energy trying to build a business, and you're only making 3 to 5% margins? Now, look, if you're doing a billion a year in commissions, well, hell, 3 to 5% doesn't suck, but you're not. So most of you guys are literally going to be better off if you didn't even have your brokerages or your, off, your, or your teams or whatever. You're going to be better off if you just focus on being listing agents. And don't just continue on this path of uh, agents. This is for you. Don't just continue on the path of thinking that the, the land to real estate riches is going to be forming a team. Because trust me when I tell you, if you think that basically owning and managing a team or any business at scale is going to mean you work less, you're absolutely wrong. One of my longtime clients who's involved in many businesses <laughs> said to me the other day, and it's so true, there's no such thing as passive income. And you know what? I believe that's true. I mean, even if you have dozens of paid-off rental properties, trust me, that's, and, and you have an office and you have a, a, a property manager, you still have to manage the property manager. And as soon as you stop managing the property manager, because after all, it's passive income, then you're all of a sudden going to notice that your margins are starting to shrink because the office or the property manager is going to start being complacent and lazy. Same thing goes if you have a broker with managers underneath you. Same thing goes if you have a team with, uh, with team leaders underneath you. Same thing goes in any business that if you're not – literally constantly managing if you're not micromanaging if you're not doing all the things necessary to basically run a tight ship people will start being complacent they'll start stealing from you i didn't mean that literally and figuratively well they'll just won't put their best foot forward and they'll they won't be interested in working with you because you're not truly a leader really great people and i'll give you this there's very few truly great people out there most people are just happy just being happy but the truly great people will not want to work with you if you are not part in their minds of their success and getting to where they want to be just the average people you can make good the good people, some of those you can make great. Everyone else other than that you guys shouldn't even have on, as part of your teams and part of your businesses and part of your brokerages. But really it all comes back to your willingness to lead. It all comes back to your willingness as a boss, as a leader, to do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. So, Julie, I believe we're picking up on point number four. Is that what Gina yes. told us, four? Okay, That's point right. number four. Well, yes. hang on. Before we get there, just wanted to point out to our Premier Coaching members, there is a rather yummy-looking San Francisco area uh, referral sitting right there on our Facebook page, San Francisco, world uh, land of very low inventory. Somebody needs to snap that up immediately. And then a lot of discussion about various topics, lots of victory stories, so don't miss out on the private Facebook page if you are one of our Premier Coaching members. So now I'm ready for point number four. <laughs> Point number four. I'll get it started, and you can do the subject about that. Yep. Point number four. A great broker, manager, or team leader keeps a transparent scoreboard highlighting goals and holding agents accountable. All right. I love that point. So here's the idea is that when you're running a business, what will happen is that if you need to have everyone's success on some 
I mean, you can call it your dashboard. A lot of you guys are using, you know, software to manage your teams. Sometimes it's really fun if you're in a an office environment to take take everyone's dashboard and have have it up on like a TV or have it up on some sort of, you know, some sort of obvious thing. So throughout the day, if you've got, you know, a bunch of agents, you can literally see exactly what everyone's doing. Everyone can kind of on, constantly go in and basically monitor. If you're running a smaller uh, group, if it's just you and maybe two or three assistants, dry erase boards are great. But the point is, is you need to take everything out of the dark and you need to make it all out there so everyone can see it. There's a natural, comp well, good people will all feel naturally competitive. And when they see, even when they're supportive and trying to support each other and they're all, you know, everyone's in the boat rowing together, when someone sees somebody else succeed, they're going to want to succeed as well. So it brings everybody up. That's the natural way that most people uh, essentially – that's the reason that ultimately you'll have a, a, a healthy functioning organization is if, again, everyone's growing in the same direction. But here's what's interesting that happens. When you start allowing the great people to shine, when you let the leaders shine – they actually will stoke the competition. They don't cringe at accountability or confrontation in order to help the team members learn, grow, and achieve greatness. They raise everyone up versus playing to the lowest player's level. And that's what's happened in a lot of these teams. And what, what we – it happens in any business, guys, but obviously real estate is our focus. But in any business, what will have a tendency to happen is a, a team leader, an office manager who is afraid of uh, confrontation, who is trying to be lazy, who's trying to form this big you know, fake family environment, what they're going to do is they're going to allow the losers in the group to basically pull everyone down. They're going to slow the ship down so that the guy who can't quite keeping up, keep up rowing with everyone else won't feel bad. These types of thinking, this type of approach to business, again, is what leads to businesses having virtually no margin, which leads to brokerages basically going broke and teams not making any money. These are the types of things we need to get rid of in our industry. So leadership is, and this is from uh, Peter Drucker, leadership is lifting a person's vision to high sights, the, uh, the raising of a person's performance to a higher standard, the building of a personality beyond the normal limitations. So there you go. Julie, point number five. Yes, excellent. Uh, number five, a great broker manager or team leader knows that teams are great, but great salespeople want to be held individually responsible. They know that weak salespeople want to hide in a team. They detect that weakness and help that player overcome it to thrive, or they wean them off the team. They don't carry dead weight for long. Great brokers and team leaders know that the good ones won't stick with you if they're not in an environment where they are challenged. They have an overall team goal, which is made up of individual goals. They allow for individuals thriving in their own way and support their success, even if it wasn't the team leader's own method. So the quote comes from Theodore Roosevelt, the best executive is the one who has sense enough to pick good men to do what he wants done and self-restraint enough to keep from meddling with them while they do it. So letting agents, quote, letting agents do BPOs, REOs, short sales, new construction, even if it wasn't the team leader's thing, you know, that makes a huge difference. If somebody is already coming to you successful based on what they're doing, you want to get them to do more of it, even if it's not your particular thing, and at the same time, balance out getting rid of the dead weight. Anything you want to add to that big point number five, Tim? Nope, that's an excellent point. I mean, you know, this is the this is the main thing. This is where it comes into making the hard decisions and doing things you don't necessarily want to do. Uh, it's it's a 
guys, it's very difficult to let people go. I'll tell you, I'll give you an example. Margaret Reynolds, who who runs, who helps run a really great real estate brokerage in Hawaii, Elite. If you guys are in Hawaii and you're looking for a really great uh, broker, they have offices in, on all the islands. Margaret Reynolds is who you need to contact. But they, she does a very good job of pruning the herd. In other words, if she sees someone's not who isn't performing, even if they're not taxing the system, say for example they're not really, you know, they're not being, uh, you know, they're not showing up in, you know. Drinking all the causing coffee trouble. or you no know, causing trouble, right? She'll still get rid of them because the reason she gets rid of them is because she knows that the other agents need to see that she she is very serious about holding a certain standard. And if they see that she's not going to turn through people who are not performing, that that's going to give them subconscious permission to start being lazy. And as the year progresses, if they are continuing on that lazy uh, path. Even if you had a great person, they're no longer great. You've just allowed them to become mediocre. And then your business sucks, and then basically some competitor comes in and eats your lunch. It really is that simple. In this day and age, you can have a fantastic business and six months later basically completely be on your heels. So these types of things are the reasons that you have to be absolutely vigilant about running your business. And you have to run your business with profit in mind. In a book we mentioned yesterday, it's one of our favorite books, Profit, uh, isn't, every, profit isn't Everything, It's the Only Thing. Make sure you guys get that book. Um, and what we, we've done in our new book is we've talked a lot about these points as well, and that book should be coming out actually uh, today, tomorrow, next week, something like that. And that book is called Harris Rules. It's the 30 rules that I think uh, Julie and I have agreed with the feedback we've gotten from all of you guys on the show for you know past couple of years are probably the most pertinent rules for you guys building everlasting, uh, you know, very profitable real estate practices. So point number six, Julie. Yes, point number six, a great broker, manager, or team leader works with salespeople to establish their own particular goals to be achieved with or without the team. So they use things like the real estate treasure map, which is the all-encompassing plan for success. The real estate treasure map includes personal goals, accountability, knowing your own financial picture, and your magic number. Remember the number of listings you must have at all times to drive your business. There's a great quote I like from Rosalind Carter who said, a leader takes people where they want to go. A great leader takes people where they don't necessarily want to go but ought to be. So that is the responsibility of a broker, manager, or team leader. But I also made note, Tim, that the, a great manager or team leader knows how to motivate two different types of salespeople. Number one, if they don't have financial security, a salesperson isn't going to work efficiently. That person goes into fear mode. A great manager or broker knows how to motivate that person. And the second type, salespeople who won't work unless they are in a corner broke, work and earn, or they lose what they have. Some people have to wait until there's a big mastodon ready to run them down and basically literally eat their lunch, and then they get cracking. But the great brokers of the world use different tools for different situations. And well, so Proverbs – yeah, go ahead. We'll get to the quote in a second, but the, the essence of what Julie just said, guys, just so you know, and you, this is a good opportunity for you to be introspective. Um, when you're feeling financial, under financial pressure, when you – like in some of you it's been so long you don't even remember, but some of you it's happening right now. When you're feeling under financial pressure, real financial pressure, do you uh, turtle up and do you go into fear mode? Do you basically wait for the zombie, zombie apocalypse <laughs> or do you basically right. come out fighting? So generally speaking, people are going to react not in both ways, but one of the two ways. So some people, here's what happens, and this is true for agents, this is true for everybody. Some people, what they do is they intentionally create 
financial drama in their lives so that they can keep themselves motivated because they know that is what takes to keep them motivated. When we get coaching clients like that, um, what we'll do is we'll basically help them you know, ascertain that that is what it takes to keep them motivated. They have to feel like they have some sort of financial monkey on their back or they don't perform at the highest level. They know they'll get complacent. And so for those people, with their permission, we help them to create financial scarcity so they actually will stay motivated. Now, how do we do it? We do it with the accomplishment of goals. We do it with keeping them always in contract on some rental property they have to save up the down payment for. We do it by basically having them make commitments to pay their houses off. In other words, we help them create the financial stress because that's how they perform. Now, other people, you'll be having them in the same situation, that if they don't have at least 90 days worth of savings, if they don't have some resemblance of security, they cannot think straight. They go crazy, and they will not get anything done. So when you're trying to lead people, you have to really identify which way works for them. Because if you have somebody that's coming off the rails, chances are they're coming off the rails because they have essentially no financial motivation. They're too comfortable. They're too complacent. They stop working. Again, that's a very common issue with salespeople. Most salespeople on your team, guys, or your broker, office manager, whatever, what they'll do, by the way, teams are brokerages, let's – we need to stop using the ridiculous term team, but whatever. What you'll do is you'll see agents who will perform, and they'll do well for like a month or two. And then what happens is they'll put enough deals in contract that they have financial security for the next two or three months. Okay, They don't identify or recognize that the, that sort of approach to the business is what leads to their ups and downs in income. It's what leads to them having this feast and famine lifestyle. So you need to help them identify. Again, this is what a, an office, a broker, manager does. Helps them identify, say, hey, listen, I've noticed about your behavior that you do this. What do you think about that? And then you'll find that they, A, will be essentially appreciative of the fact that you gave a crap about them to think about them. And B, when you're now in a position of being a leader because you're helping to create a plan to help them earn more consistently and accomplish their goals at a higher level. Now, again, flip side, if you have somebody who is coming off the rails, you might want to dig in a little bit. And you might discover that they're under incredible financial stress, at least for them, and they don't know how to deal with it. So you then have to create a plan for them. Now, Julie mentioned the real estate treasure map. In Inside the real estate treasure map are the plans that you need to be using. And if you guys don't have your real estate treasure map yet, it's easy. All you got to do is go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com, freecoachingcallsforagents.com, and just register yourself for a free coaching call with one of our new member coaches, and also you'll be given a link to download all those books for free. Or you can just click or you can uh, text the word coaching to 24587, text the word coaching to 24587, and message and data rates do apply. And so the Proverbs quote from 2918 is, where there is no vision, the people perish. Ooh, that's a good one. Where there is no vision, the people perish. So often number seven. Ooh, our last Number seven. Yes, a great broker manager or team leader exudes confidence themselves. They lead calmly with control and low emotion. And right there, some of you guys are being either introspective or looking at your team or brokerage situation going, hmm, that's an interesting point. Again, they exude confidence themselves. They lead calmly with control and low emotion. They set the tone for the office or practice, and they lead through doing, not just saying what to do. They have obvious integrity, ethics, and motivation. And Tim, it is amazing to me, you know, we sometimes will hear, agents will say, you know, is it normal to have to wait a week or 10 days to be paid after commission? You know, weird stuff like that that shouldn't be happening. 
Is it normal to not be able to find my broker? What should I do about this? I, I think that it's hard for agents, especially ones that haven't been around forever, to know how it should be. And that's one of the reasons we're doing this podcast, to let you know that, yeah, they should lead calmly with control and low emotion. They should lead through doing. They should be the example of integrity, ethics, and motivation. And yeah, that's kind of a tough combination, but that is what you're looking for. And Jack Welch said, before you are a leader, success is all about growing yourself. When you become a leader, success is all about growing others. And if you're not getting that feeling or exuding that feeling, if it's your responsibility as a leader, it is time to be introspective about that and figure out what to do about it. So back to you, Tim. Here's the big takeaway about motivation, guys, because that's the essence of really what makes a great leader, knowing how to identify what types of things motivate individuals. And we've kind of given you guys enough breadcrumbs, enough strings you can pull on, give you some indication about some hopeful learning that you will uh, want to pursue with regards to the fact that not everyone's motivated the same way. And here's what we've researched from our own experience being coaches. We've read about this in different psychological, uh, psychology publications. Um, and so here's the bottom line. The whole way of motivating people by the carrot or the stick doesn't work. Neither one of those things basically will last very long. What people are ultimately motivated by is losing what they already have. So I know that sounds a little bit like the stick, but let me explain. And I use this example a lot. A lot of you guys have heard me say this on the podcast, but it's probably the best example I could think of. So I had this great coaching uh, client named Monet. And this is now Monet went, what, the story I'm telling you is what he told me. This happened before he and I started our coaching relationship. So Monet evidently had gotten to be the point where he was just morbidly obese, just massively fat, and he'd been that way for a long period of time. And so Monet had gone to the doctor on, you know, now and then, and the doctor had always said, hey, dude, you're fat, you got to lose some weight or you're going to develop all kinds of, you know, horrible health problems as a result of being fat. He never did anything about it. He just basically went on his merry way and went back to his normal eating habits, his life of, uh, you know, doing nothing. And then basically he went back to the doctor one time. The doctor said, I need you to schedule yourself for a procedure because we need to remove some of your toes. Or it may have been like his left foot. I don't remember exactly what it was because the circulation had gotten so bad from the diabetes that he developed that he hadn't really taken seriously. That he was literally basically within, you know, 180 days or less of losing men, major appendages on his body. All right, so Monet tells the story to me that that is, for the, fir that is the first time in his life that he'd ever really been motivated to make a really radical change in his life. So here's what he did. And this is a guy that basically went from, you know, having a very slovenly do-nothing lifestyle who no one would ever associate with the word success. And in a relatively short period of time, as he tells the story, it was less than a year. He not only loses the weight, it's like 250 pounds. It's just a huge amount. But he not only loses the weight, but he gets in such good shape that this guy is on like the cover of one of these men's fitness magazines things telling his story. Now, again, this happened before I started coaching him, but I saw the magazine cover, and the guy looked like you know he'd been lifting weights his entire life, that he'd always been lean. That is an example of what we're trying to tell you. People are not motivated. Hey, guess what, Julie? You go and you, uh, you know, you list ten houses, and then you can, you know, get a new watch. Or, hey, Julie, if you don't list ten houses, I'm going to throw you out of my brokerage. Those things don't really work. They're not everlasting. Losing something that you already have is what's going to actually motivate you. So when you're trying to help people be you know, diagnostic about what it's going to take to keep them motivated, you need to obviously set goals. That's what the real estate treasure map is all about. But you need to remind them what happens if they don't accomplish the goals. 
So, for example, Julie uses the example, and I think this is really – and this is in the Real Estate Treasure – I'm sorry, this is in the New Harris Rules book too. Like there's so many things that are just very basic core-level activities that if you guys do on a regular basis, you will never have any financial problems. You just won't. You know, we talk about that a lot on the podcast. If you guys are listening to us for the first time, just go to timandjulieharris.com, go to the top, click podcasts. You can obviously listen to us on iTunes or Stitcher. So there's really maybe five core activities that you need to be doing every single day. And when you do those consistently, you're, even when you don't feel like doing it, you're going to have consistent results. You're going to make consistent income. So when you get yourself locked into that mode, you will basically essentially change the whole direction of your life, not just your life, but your family's lives that come after. After that. So the motivation aspect of this is when you're talking with someone as a broker, manager, office manager, you need to explain to them, listen, this is in essence how motivation truly works. Motivation works that you lose, basically if you lose something you already have, you are, that's what's going to motivate you. And the agent will say, yes, whatever. You know, they'll give you platitudes and thank you and whatnot. But then you need to say the example, what happens if you stop paying your cell phone bill? What happens if you stop making your car payment? What happens if you stop making your rent or your mortgage payment? You lose what you already have. That is something that everyone can relate to. They can instantly understand that, right? So then you need to pivot and say, how do we make it so that you see the daily activities that will lead to future successes, how can we make those have the same type of um, energy and motivation as what you put forward towards the accomplishment of making sure your cell phone bill and your car payment is made? What can we do to change how you think about the accomplishment of things that you won't see into the future to have the, the same power within you as what happens if you don't make those immediate uh, efforts to pay those immediate bills. When you bridge that gap in people's minds, what happens is they start seeing things differently. So many people, I bet you 99% of you guys listening, you really don't see much beyond the next 30 to 60 days. You don't think like that. Rewire your brain to think like that by taking small baby steps like the one I'm, uh, I just described for you. Julie, are you still on? So Julie went off to the Premier Coaching. So Premier Coaching members, make sure you guys get on Julie's call and you attend those calls um, every single day. It's best to attend the calls live. You can listen to them in replay, of course, but try to attend the calls live. We have a lot of really cool things that are happening in the next few months. We have Monica Reynolds, who's joining our team. Some of you guys know her from her assistant training program. But Monica Reynolds is going to be starting her assistant training program with us. She's also going, we're also going to be rolling out what we call smart, profitable team training. That's going to be coming in the next 60 to 90 days. Obviously, the release of our new book, Harris Rules, that's coming out as well. Any other suggestions you guys might have for a future podcasts? any guests you think we might, that our listeners might benefit hearing from, please email me or Julie directly. My email address is tim at timandjulieharris.com or Julie's is julie at timandjulieharris.com. Listen, guys, we do this podcast every single day. This has become the number one listened-to podcast for the real estate industry. This is what we're told because of the fact that we're offering you guys practical, tactical advice, information you can use immediately to help others and make money. Do something with this information. I know some of you guys just use this for entertainment while you're having lunch or while you're driving to work or while you're exercising, but please do your best to take something. If the only thing you take from our calls is motivation to go knock on that for sale by owner's door or pick up that phone and make that price change call or actually 
learn a script so you can help somebody. If that's all you take from these podcasts, then we've done our job. But what really matters is you guys take this, these little tiny action steps every single day, and accumulatively your life changes. If there's anything we can do for you, please email me directly, Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. You guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.